This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling me to the heavenly. Be seated in heavenly places, just like heaven, just like heaven on earth. To be walking in His favor and graces, just like heaven, just like heaven on earth. Good morning. Tallahassee, you're listening to Wave 94.1, Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ, Escape to Heaven Even While We're Here. I'm so happy to be with you this morning because the question that's in my heart today, and I hope that you'll enjoy it as well as uh, the discussion, why is Israel so important. I mean, aren't they just like us? Aren't they people? Don't they bleed? I mean, don't they have the same problems that we have? What makes Israel so special? And why should we care? And I think that's a concern right now, today. Why don't we jump into the Word of God and see if we can answer this question? It goes all the way back to Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter, starting at the 8th verse. And it says, When the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the boundaries of the people, according to the number of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the place of the Lord's inheritance. Let me interpret that reading for you with my best understanding. It simply means that when the Lord came down and saw that Tower of Babel, and he said, the people are one and they whatever they think of, they can achieve. And he separated mankind. Well, when he did that, we were all broken up into 70 nations, seven zero. However, the Lord secured one section of people for himself. And that would be the lineage that... Um, would manifest or would birth on the earth realm, Jacob. So now let's look at that. And in case you don't remember, uh, there was, um, I believe it was Rebecca. She then had, well, it was Abraham and Sarah. And they had uh, Isaac. And then Isaac and Rebecca had Esau and Jacob. Okay, and then Jacob had 12 sons, and these 12 sons became the nation of Israel through which the Lord had this grand, grand plan and still has the plan, which is activated right now 
to save all of mankind. And this is after the fall. Now we have our conditions, our circumstances. Let's go deeper into the word of God. So if we go over to Romans, the ninth chapter, starting at the fourth verse. And this is Paul speaking now. He said, um, the Israelites, who are the Israelites? To whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, with the S, the giving of the law, the service of God and the promises of whom are the fathers and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came who is overall the eternally blessed God. Amen. So right there, we are learning in a nutshell, who are the Israelites? Uh, they've been adopted by the Father, the creator of heaven and earth. The glory of God has been uh, demonstrated to them. Covenants have been given to them. The giving of the law through Moses, the service of God when they were established as priests and so forth, and the many promises that God has made to them. So, but it's not that the word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel. Let's go to the ninth verse of the same chapter, Romans, the ninth chapter. For this is the word of promise, in case we get lost. At this time, I will come and Sarah shall have a son, which meant Isaac. So not only this, when Rebekah also had conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac, for the children not yet being born on earth, okay, nor having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, as I mentioned before, the Lord has a plan, the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. So God's plan is not based upon how good or bad we are. It is simply the purpose of God that must be completed and achieved. It was said to her, the older shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. This is before they came to earth. And knowing as what we're learning about the nature of God, that statement was made because Esau would not want to do anything concerning the purpose of God, whereas Jacob was inclined to do so. So let's go to the 20th chapter, the 20th verse of Romans chapter 9. So, you know, do we want to find fault with God because he loved Jacob and hated Esau? And here's the response, verse 20. But indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him, who formed it? Why have you made me like this? <laughs> Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? That, I mean, that's the point of being a creator. What if God, wanting to show his wrath, 
and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared only for destruction. So it is God that prepares the vessels. He could prepare one for honor, dishonor, wrath, destruction, life, love. <laughs> and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy. So now he can prepare vessels of mercy, which he had prepared beforehand for glory. Even us, meaning the Jews, the Israelites, whom he called not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. So let me go back and clarify the word us. In this case, us would be believers. Even us, whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. And as uh, the Lord said in the prophet Hosea, I call them my people who were not previously, had never been my people. And her beloved, who was not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, but at that very same place, there they shall be called sons of the living God. So the Lord has reached out his net <laughs> to all the vessels of purpose and purpose is not based upon our lineage. Purpose is based upon the purpose of God to save the entire human race from the hands of the adversary. That And who is the adversary? The same one that went to Eve in the Garden of Eden and tempted her to decide to agree with him against agreeing with the Creator, which she then exposed to her husband, Adam, and he agreed with Eve again, which is against, which was against the will of God, the Creator of heaven and earth. What shall we say then? Verse number 30. That Gentiles, and who are the Gentiles? The Gentiles of the 70 nations, right? That the Lord divided the sons of Adam in two. Only one was selected out for him. So everyone else are Gentiles. So what shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. But Israel, remember, we're asking, who is Israel and why do we care? And why are they so important? <laughs> I mean, they're in the news every single day of our life. Um, okay. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Even though they're pursuing the law, they haven't even attained that. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith. But as it were, they were seeking righteousness by the works of the law. So they stumbled <laughs> at that stumbling stone. Remember 
uh, back in, I believe it was in Isaiah, but it was written about how the Lord said he lay in Zion, a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. And that's Christ. Whosoever believes on him, Christ Jesus, the Messiah will not be put to shame. Romans, the 10th chapter. And, and, you know, the problem with the Israelites were that even though they, they had a zeal for God, they were ignorant of God's righteousness. And so they seek to establish their own righteousness. And therefore, they never submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So you can pursue the law of righteousness, but not believe in the stone, the rock that God himself placed there. Before I go any further in Romans, the 10th chapter, let's go to Galatians, the third chapter, so we can understand the blight that the Israelites are actually living through. And my heart is sorrowful for what they have experienced recently, the Israelites. I pray almost constantly for the mercy of God, knowing that God himself can extend mercy at will. So I pray constantly. I hope you are praying for Israel as well. But let's deal with what's wrong, what's going on. What happened? Galatians, the third chapter. You're listening to Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ, Servant Marcia. And today we're speaking about what's so important about Israel. And even to the point that we still want to escape to heaven. Uh, I guess the lesson we are all learning is that heaven, the kingdom of God is within us. And if you must escape, escape to the kingdom of God that is within us. Amen. Galatians, the third chapter says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth because before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And so we're starting to understand that there is a clear distinction between the works of the law and the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, that you're now made perfect by the works of the law, by the flesh? You know, it says that Abraham believed God as faith, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. So the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand when the Lord said, and you all the nations shall be blessed. 
So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Let's go back to, I believe, Genesis, the 12th chapter. I think I saw that this morning. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, because remember, the Lord had a lot of in a, a group. He When he separated mankind, he also set aside one for himself through which he would bring the Messiah, the Christ. And so in Genesis, the 12th chapter, now the Lord had said to Abram, and that's before he changed his name to Abraham. His name originally was Abram. Get out of your country from your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth, that means all the nations shall be blessed. And that is the promise. That's the promise. This is how the Messiah was actually able to come to the earth. And he had to come through the lineage of the group or the separated sons of Abraham, the one section, the one lineage that belonged to the Lord himself, the creator. This is why Abraham, it is, you must be connected to Abraham by faith because that's the gospel right there. The Lord himself was preaching the gospel to Abraham when he said, separate yourself. You know, separation is hard. I've, I've been separated for, oh, oh, I hate it. Since 2019, I truly don't like it. But separation is how the Lord's purpose is fulfilled in us. Amen. Those that are made to be vessels of the Lord. Wow. It happened with Abram. You should also expect as a servant of the Lord, that's going to happen with you. I'm speaking to myself. Let me get back on track. So if we continue with Galatians, the third chapter, verse number 13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So at that moment, as he was being crucified, Jesus was cursed. And it was purposely done, verse number 14, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles who are in Christ Jesus, who believe that Christ is real, who believe the promises of the Creator, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So that that is the point. Verse 21, 
lets us know that no matter what happens, the covenant that God made with the lineage that he selected through Abraham and then Abraham, uh, that purpose is going to happen. And there's nothing that can annul it. So looking at verse number, we're in Galatians, the third chapter, uh, going to verse 21. If you can turn that page with me. Is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. So the problem with the law is it identifies sin, which then points us over to death. Even the Bible says, for all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. So... The scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under God by the law, kept for the faith, which would afterward be revealed. So the law was our tutor to bring us to the position where Christ can be revealed to us by faith. So we are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Okay. So there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. So the lot of mankind that was selected by the creator. Okay. Which is the lineage through Abram. You and I have been grafted in. And you say, how? By faith in Christ Jesus, who is also of the lineage of Abraham, through which God made a promise to the entire planet that all nations, like all the mankind that he separated over in Deuteronomy 20, 32nd chapter, would be blessed by Christ, the Messiah. I know I'm starting to get excited and I want to stay focused <laughs> because um, if you are Christ, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and your heirs, according to the promise that God made to Abraham. Okay, so that is the point. We are heirs meaning that we are promised through faith in Christ to be reunited, reconciled back into the original intent of the creator himself. And in case you don't remember the original intent of God the Father, I'm going to turn the Bible and read it because it's in Genesis, the actual first chapter of Genesis, I believe, verse 26 Verse 27, let me get there quickly. Hold on. But basically, when the Lord created, just like you and I, when we create something, we create it because we have something in our mind that we are attempting to achieve. And here's what the Father did, the very same thing. He said, um, you know, let us make man in our image according to our likeness 
let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That's the original intent. So, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Now, here we go. Original intent. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And that, my dear fellow believers and those who have stumbled on this radio station for the first time and don't know what you are, if you ever want to know why did God create us and why do we exist and what is this whole mass confusion about, the reality is that you were created, you were born to be blessed. Your life is to be a blessed, happy, fruitful, fulfilling, purpose-filled life to wake up others to the fact that there is a plan that will reconcile us back to what our Father created us for. That's the original intent. That's why Jesus came. That's why the Christ had to come, because mankind was completely lost. And even more so when that Tower of Babel was created. I mean, they were lost before, and the Lord did the flood trying to preserve the image created by him. But then the Tower of Babel came, and what that meant is mankind united, but not with God, instead against God. So the Lord divided mankind, the sons of Adam, into 70 nations. And now what? Well, are we going to make it? Are we going to be saved? Israel was so important. And let's go back to Romans, the 10th chapter, verse number 6. They are still important, and that's why we're studying today. But the righteousness of faith, because we learned about the righteousness of the law, righteousness of faith. Israel wants to hold on, have been holding on to the righteousness of the law. They're starting to wake up. The Gentiles was given an opportunity to experience salvation because of the righteousness of faith. And so what does it say? It, uh, it speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is, who's going to bring the Christ down from above or who will descend into the abyss. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But here's what the righteousness of faith says. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believe on him will not be put to shame. And again, no distinction between Jew and Greek. Same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord 
shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed in? How shall they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how the righteousness of faith comes about. So what's going to happen with Israel? At the present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, it's no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. And if it's of works, it's no longer grace. And work is no longer work. So there's that old conversation. But the point is, Romans, the 11th chapter, verse number 11. So Israel has stumbled because it has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it and the rest are blinded. Okay. So I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Will Israel fall? Certainly not. But through the fall of Israel, why are they so important? The Gentiles have received salvation. So if their fall is riches for the world, their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. Father God, we're going to pray right now. Lord, I ask you to touch your word. Let it uh, permeate our hearts, Lord. We uh, do not boast about the salvation we've received through the failure of the Israelites to accept it by faith, Lord God. We ask you to bless Israel, bless the Gentiles, bless us, God, that have found our way to have faith in Christ, Lord God. And Lord, you reign in this planet no matter what. And we ask you, Lord, to let today be a day of blessings for the people of God and those that have not yet found your son, Jesus, God. We ask you to open up the pathway, open up the the way, Lord, of holiness so that they can walk therein. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we thank you for your plan of salvation to all of us which were lost, all of us who had gone astray. We thank you, Lord, today that you love us so much that you have a plan that is in effect purposeful and is effective. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I, I'm so happy to talk to you today. I can't wait to be with you again next week. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Bye. Anybody want to see you love one?